Hello and welcome everybody back to the Breslin Breakdown here. I'm Matt Merrifield, joined alongside the entire women's basketball beat here at Impact, Allie Cohen, Jada Coster, and Marin Klein here on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon in mid-January here in Michigan. It's actually sunny outside for like once ever in the state. It's always cloudy, but good to see that it is sunny today as we get into breaking down the past week of Michigan State women's basketball. Spartans went one and one last week, losing to Iowa in overtime before beating Rutgers on Sunday. I think we might have to discuss it. Is Michigan State women's basketball back, guys, after ending their losing streak on Sunday against Rutgers? Um, that's a great question. I like that they're mm-hmm. not one and one, and we're like they're back. Possibly. Well, they, could, they might be back. I will we don't say know. they did put up a very perfect. Impressive. I got it. Impressive performance against Iowa. Like, they did lose in overtime. Very, very heartbreaking way. Just, you know, sent Caitlin Clark to the line like four times in a row. That's going to get you. But overall, I don't think any of us saw that game going into overtime. The Rutgers game... It would have actually been really sad if they lost that, just watching I mean, how Rutgers played. Yeah, I, I'm just proposing. It happens, they, but... The Spartans were on a four-game losing streak going into Sunday. They took care of business against the Scarlet Knights from Rutgers. I'm just proposing the question that they might be back. It could be. We don't know. And I just no, gave a long-winded answer. And you did. And we'll break it more down in a moment. But first, we have to uh, first get to the fact that the Spartans have a light week this week. They take on Illinois on Sunday in Champaign. Illinois is 22nd in the country, so should be another tough matchup for Michigan State. But first, we now have to get to the question of the day, the favorite segment of the show, because we don't actually talk about women's basketball for like three minutes. But question of today is, does your favorite NHL hockey team suck? Uh, all four of us in this room all do a pretty good job of watching hockey, keeping up. I know Marin is smiling at me right now because I know her answer and I don't like it. But the rest of us, we all root for a different team, which I think is kind of cool. Um, so I'll start with Allie. Allie, does your favorite NHL team suck? Uh, first off, say your favorite team for the audience out there. I guess only two people in this room are from Michigan, but that should be two people that root for the Red Wings. But not, I'm the only one. Not necessary. Um, I'm not going to say they suck, but they're not good. But it's going to be a battle of which team sucks tonight, and you can elaborate on that when it's your uh, turn. Uh, yes, I, is it my turn? I said when it's your turn. Okay, well, just, just go. With I guess turn, I guess I'll go. Um, my favorite NHL team is the San Jose Sharks, who, uh, like Ali said, take on the Detroit Red Wings tonight at 7 p.m. So about two hours from now, from the time that we're recording this here at 5 p.m. Uh, so by the time this gets put out, the finale of that will have already been decided. Um, the Sharks suck. I won't even. I'm just gonna crap on them for a second here. They uh, they. Their uniforms, very cool. Uh, their reverse retros, even cooler. Uh, you can watch me at men's basketball games behind the away bench wearing said reverse retro jersey, but the team shameless sucks. Shameless plug. Connor, yeah, shameless plug. Uh, but Connor Bedard, future shark. Jay, we're going to get to you, but Connor Bedard is mine and mine only. Yeah, we've been d- debating on this for a long time, like almost a year now. I'm a, I'm a Chicago Blackhawks fan. You know, we've we've had our run three cups in, six, in like six or seven years, but... They suck. They're like one of the worst teams in the league. I think they're. I don't think they're the worst team right now. They're one point out of being the worst team. I mean, and for those of you who don't know, Connor Bedard is the top NHL prospect in this coming draft, and he's like generational. So I want him very bad. I know Matt, you want him. You want him very bad. So yeah. everybody wants him. Yes, he's Chicago I, Blackhawks need to tank for Connor Bedard. So it's been rough. So they still have Patrick Kane, but. That's not very fun right now. So yeah. and now the person I've been avoiding asking because I already know the answer to this question, Marin. How 
Is your favorite NHL team good? I like how you about to say how good. I'm a Boston Bruins fan. The good 37-5-4. and four. And that might be an annoying and obnoxious thing to say, as us Boston fans are known to be. But that's she's just... self-aware. When Thank she's you. self-aware. <laughs> it's an impressive statistic. 37-5-4. and four. You can't even say it's not. Go and win a cup. We will. We'll see about that. Nice first In round exit. Nice trophy, first boy. round mm. exit to Toronto sounds perfect. How, how did the Sharks do the other night against the Bruins? Uh, Was I, it a, I just admit a that they four, suck. A four I, nothing game. I just admitted that they, they will suck. be facing Montreal. Montreal tonight should mm. be good matchup. Been a very fun season to watch. It's great since the Patriots and Red Sox. Well, the Red Sox are going to suck, and the Patriots that wasn't pretty, but at least we're a hockey basketball. Town right now. Enjoy, enjoy Matt Patricia. Or you don't have to anymore. Now you have Bill O'Brien. Enjoy that in thank, New England. Thank you. But uh, yeah, so three of our hockey teams are not. Well, two of ours suck. Jack. I'm just bringing some positivity to the podcast. I thought that was my two job. Two of ours are tanking, and Red Wings are all right. Bruins are going to probably win the cup. Thank so, you, Jay. Uh, they're not going to win the cup. But, mm, but yeah, they are. That's, that's a pretty good simple analysis. Favorite. They will be, but they'll find a way to choke it because it's the Bruins, <laughs> and nobody likes them. Um, <laughs> I like so, them. Well, people outside of New England. What even is that? Hey, I have a friend that is from Ferndale, Michigan. I forgot where she was from for a second. And she's a Bruins fan. We watch Bruins together. Didn't you, like, make her one, though? Uh, No, I did not make her one. She did it on her own free will. I promise you that. On her own free will. You can ask her. You have met her before. I'm sure I have. I meet a lot of people. Where even is Ferndale? It's like it's by 20 Detroit. minutes from Oh, me. it's right by my... It's like not right by my house, but it's relatively <laughs> close to Macomb, Michigan, so I kind of well, feel embarrassed she not knowing that. Tec- but. No, she texted me and said, hey, I needed a hockey team to root for because she just started watching the NHL and she didn't want to cheer for the Red Wings. Sorry, Allie. And she's like, the Bruins are really fun to watch, which I agree. You don't have to be a Bruins fan. It's fun to watch. They play some impressive hockey. Mr. Charlie McAvoy out here. Okay, anyways, we're going to get back to women's basketball the topic of this podcast, even though we like to change it up a little bit at the beginning of each show. So quick week recap on last Wednesday, Michigan State hosted number 10 Iowa. Spartans lost to the Hawkeyes in that one, 84-81 to in overtime. And on Sunday, they were finally able to bounce back, end that four-game losing streak against Rutgers, winning that one in controllable fashion, 85-63. to So I think we'll get right into this one. We're going to start with the Iowa game, which all of us were there. If I remember correctly, it's a week ago now, so it's tough to remember a little bit. But I'm going to start with Jay on this one. Jay, you were there writing for this one. Just, you know, overall thoughts. And the Spartans obviously weren't able to pull it out, but just what did, could you take away from that one? Yeah, I mean, even though it was, a, it was a tough overtime loss, I think it was an impressive showing from MSU just because, you know, Kaylin Clark, I mean, she, she, she's, she's great, and we've all talked about her. 26 points, but she didn't really shoot the ball that well. Six for 19. I think Mo Joyner... You know, me and Marin have talked about this. Mo Jarrett did a very nice job guarding her. Um, it just shows that her defense has been a lot better um, as the season has gone on, and as well as her offensive game. Mo Jarrett did a really nice job. But other than that, there's just a lot of you know back and forth stretches. You know, sending Clark to the free throw, free throw line that was tough because she'll obviously make a lot of them. And then just overall, you know, I was I was a very good team, and it was a hard, hard fought showing. So, yeah. Oh, everyone looked at me, so my turn to talk. Yeah. Um, I absolutely agree with Jay. I think we kind of expected this game to be a tough one to watch, and it was not. It was a very exciting game. Michigan State did a really great job, like Jay said, stopping Caitlin Clark and getting shots up. Kamari McDaniel had 23 points, Matilda Eck with 13. Uh, Abby Kimball had 
a season high in this game and the Rutgers game, which we'll get to later. She had seven points. A lot of the Michigan State players did a really good job. There was a lot of depth in the bench. And I think overall, in the end, it was the fouls that got to the team. I think Michigan State actually could have come out with a victory had they not sent Caitlin Clark to the line. I believe it was three times in overtime. That then, if you put Kate, she's not going to miss. And I mean, she, she didn't. I mean, yeah, I she is the best player in the country. And like Jay said, she didn't have that great of a night from the field. Went six for 19, two for 10 from beyond the arc. So especially early in that game, kind of Allie and I were calling that one. It was kind of easy to notice that you know she was struggling and maybe Michigan State could get away with an off night from her. And they didn't, obviously. Couldn't pull it out because they kept sending her to the free throw line. And obviously the official officiating in that game wasn't the greatest. There were a lot of very questionable calls on both ends. Some just Even just towards the end of the game, the way they handled the end of the game was very interesting, but still just a disappointing loss nonetheless. Yeah, we kind of on the call were talking about it because they had so many opportunities towards the end. Like, they gave up three game-winning shots, which is not acceptable because, like I said, game winners, they very much had them. But we kind of were giving them a funeral on air and then, like, straight up. And then they get the ball with five seconds left of overtime, still confused on that. And we're like, they have a chance. And then they just blew it. So that was kind of disappointing that it was, like, right there. But I will say... Overall, I was very impressed with how they played. Like everyone said, no one is expecting that game to be that close. To get sent into overtime, the dog was out of the cage. Kamara McDaniel came back. Um, but, yeah, still disappointing, but I think overall it was an impressive performance. I mean, it it was a disappointing loss nonetheless, another close game that this team has had to win. Um, you kind of mentioned that, Allie. They had three opportunities to win the game between end of regulation and two game-winning opportunities in overtime, and they couldn't capitalize on any of them. I think something that really needs to be talked about is uh, going back to the Purdue game and the Georgia Tech game. This team has had a lot of opportunities to win at the last second, and I don't think they've hit one. Like they, I, I they can't haven't. remember. They, and the only like last second shot I can remember this team hitting is well the half court buzzer beater from Kamari McDaniel. But at the end of the game, they this team just does not hit shots. And I don't know if that's uh, play design by Coach Susie Merchant. I don't know if that's just a matter of knocking down the shot. This team likes to go to Eck and Kamari McDaniel for those shots and. They've proven they can hit shots down the stretch, but just in that final moments, they haven't been able to do it yet. And it was after the um, the weird intentional foul by Kayla Kirk. That was Bice. wild. That was very wild. Like I, at first, I was like, "What? What happened?" And then after that, they had an inbounds play. I think McDaniel stepped out of bounds. Like their left foot stepped out of bounds. I mean, that's tough. I mean, you at least have to get a shot up there, and they didn't. So that was tough. But another another player that we haven't really talked about is Monica Cesano, who went eleven for eleven with twenty two points. And that and this, is, this has been a common theme for MSU when they can't guard anybody down low. I mean, you saw with against Wisconsin with Williams, and now Cesano. It's just it's it's getting really tough to guard you know players down low. Like that. And I think part of the thing with Cesano is that Michigan State was so focused on Caitlin Clark, they kind of forgot there are other players on this Iowa team, and it's something I think we talked about last week. Um, just Caitlin Clark, exceptional player. She isn't the whole team. She does a lot for the team, but isn't the whole team. And I think Monica Monica Cesano kind of proved that. Her fouling out in, I think it was the last like five minutes of the game, mm-hmm. was definitely beneficial for the Spartans, kind of helped them on that comeback to take it into overtime. And in the end, it was, like Matt said, they weren't hitting the shots that need to be hit right after mm-hmm. that intentional foul. Michigan State had a chance 
to bring it back in the last seconds, and it just they just couldn't hit the shots. Yeah, you guys kind of brought it up about how Michigan State's had some a lot of trouble taking care of business down low. Obviously, Cesano had the 22 on 11 of 11 shooting before she ended up falling out, which was a blessing for Michigan State in that one, even though they couldn't pull it out. And then the two previous home conference games before them against Indiana and um, Wisconsin the two couple weeks prior, both in those games, the five spot for Indiana and Wisconsin, both those centers, both had 30-plus point double-doubles in that in those games. Uh, Holmes had, I believe, 32-12 and 12 in that win. And Mackenzie Holmes is one of the best players in not only the conference but in the country. But Sarah Williams for Wisconsin is a true freshman. Yeah. And she was still able to go out and have a 30-point uh, double-double, which she had never done before until that game against Michigan State. So I think it's definitely a big cause for concern, which we're going to kind of get going into it for Illinois as they have a very good five, a uh, very good center for their team as well. But it's just playing, having strong play at the center spot is, has to be has to improve for this team. Yeah, we saw, you know, Ty, and we'll get to the Rutgers game in a second, but we saw Tyre Parks get benched for Isa Alexander, and I think that was kind of a, a message from Susie Merchant that, hey, you got to play better, and you know, we saw Tyre Parks play really well against Rutgers, and and you know, it's it's kind of a back and forth of the center position right now. We don't we don't really know who's going to be the go to player yeah, for that. Spot. I mean, we kind of see it, and Coach Merchant has admitted to it. Like both centers have a lot of positives to them, but unfortunately, none of them, neither of them are complete players. Iceland, I think, is a little bit better defensively. She does like mm-hmm. to get into foul trouble sometimes, and offensively, she's still developing. Tyre is a great offensive player. Like she can go out and drop seventeen any given night against any center, but on the defensive end, it's it can be yeah. tough to watch sometimes, which is, I think, the biggest issue. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. Obviously, Michigan State dropped another t- tough loss to number 10 Iowa at home last Wednesday. Now getting into Sunday, they took on Rutgers, won that one 85-63. Jay and Marin, you guys were there writing for that one. Uh, I'll start with you, Marin. Just kind of take us through that one, kind of what you saw in Michigan State's win. Um, I think the team came out. I think after that Iowa game, Michigan State was just – I wouldn't want to say desperate, even though that's kind of what I'm going for, but not in like a bad way. They were just so hungry to have a win. I think Rutgers was the perfect team to do it against. It's a team that doesn't do too well. They really have one player, Kayleen Smickley, that really shoots well for them. The rest of their team still kind of developing. And Michigan State was definitely able to take advantage of that. Abby Kimball had an awesome day, uh, career and season high, 13 points. She was tied uh, with Mo Joyner, Matilda Eck, all three of them had 13, and Tyre Parks had 14. Just she was shooting with a lot of confidence and playing with a lot of confidence, and I think a lot of the team was. But it was really nice to see from Kimball, who isn't a player we've really seen of the freshmen. Theron Halleck's Theron Halleck's been pretty good, pretty solid. Um, but there hasn't been a lot of production yet from Abby, so I think that was really great to see. Yeah, and you know, I, I talked. She, I talked to Abby after the game, and she just mentioned, you know, ever since the Michigan game, she felt like she's kind of found herself, and she, her confidence has grown, you know, ever since that Michigan game. And she's she's really contributed, like you said, thirteen points. I mean, she's really given this team a, a lot of productive minutes that I don't think we've really expected at this coming from this point. But no, you know, Rutgers did, and they were very sloppy. A lot of Really bad turnovers, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say this is a. It would have. It was a desperation game for MSU, and you know they responded and beating them pretty pretty handily. And yeah, this is the game they had to have, and they and they took care of business. So, yeah, I mean, I think just overall going to this one, you have a four game losing streak. At some point, you have to get a win. Rutgers team to do it, like we said, they were two and six going to conference play into that one. Michigan State also two and six, so a big win for them. Um, 
It just and going forward now we kind of look at the schedule. Uh, Illinois is now ranked, so that's another ranked opponent ahead of Michigan State, along with Maryland and Michigan. But this schedule gets a lot easier going forward. So if this team does want to turn around and still find a way to sneak into the tournament come March, I think the schedule for them is favorable. And just seeing them take care of business against Rutgers is just a nice bre- breath of fresh air to, for this team. Yeah, I agree with everything everyone said. Seeing the team being able to do that and put up those points is definitely going to get them going, at least hopefully, because every game from now on is a must-win game. Are they going to win every single one? No, but they need to come in with the attitude that if they want to make the tournament, that that's what they have to do. And I think Abby Kimball, like we talked about, great as a freshman. I just think that four players having double digits is a very big deal, and hopefully they can keep that momentum going. Yeah, I'm going after that win for Michigan State, they're now 3-6. and six on the year or in conference play for the season they're tied with Penn State for ninth in the Big Ten and obviously still a lot of time to grow and improve upon that a lot of teams left on their schedule are ahead of them in the conference standings but if you look at the team stats on the year Michigan State is fourth in the conference or fifth in the conference in points for fourth or fifth in points against like they are one of the best teams in the conference they can compete and they do most nights other than I think only the Michigan game is the only time they really got beat and it's just we're waiting for them to put it together and hopefully against some of these not top 10 teams in the countries like Iowa, Indiana, and Ohio State, they can finally put together and get rattled together some wins. So, But now we're going to go into the Illinois game coming up on Sunday. Sorry, they had a little brain fart there. Michigan State takes on Illinois, who comes into this one. at They are 6-3 and three in conference play so far this year, 16-4, and four, top 25 team in the country. It's going to be a tough one for Michigan State to go on the road and win, but I think this is one if they want to boost their resume, a road top 25 conference win is a way to do it. Uh, kind of just, you know, take us through. I mean, Jay, if you want to start us off, just kind of take us through how Spartans are going to get this one done. Yeah, I mean, it's not just, you know, here Cook averaging 18 points a game for Illinois, but I'm looking at Kendall Bostic, you know, averaging a double-double, 10, 10 and 10, 35 blocks. You know, MSU hasn't really played play well against these big men down low, and it's going to be really tough to be able to contain her. So I'm just looking for the Spartans to be able to contain her, I guess, just a little more, I would say, much better than they have in the last few games. Um, and I think able to pull out this win, you just got to contain the scores. And, you know, a, a team like Illinois, who's, they kind of, they kind of, I mean, they beat Illinois, or excuse me, they beat Northwestern 67 to 64, but they've also dropped some games re, games here recently. So maybe you can find a way to pull this one off on the road, but it's going to be a really tough one. So, Yeah, and this one, since the new year, Illinois has been pretty solid so far. They've played a lot of close games since January 1st. They mm-hmm. you know, beat Iowa at home 90-86. to 86. Both times they've played Northwestern. Northwestern is still the only Big Ten team without a conference win so far. Both those wins now for Illinois, it is a rivalry game, so there's a little extra blood in the game for that one. But beat them 67-64 on Sunday. And then back on January 5th, beat them 85-79 to 79 at home. So both times Illinois or Northwestern was able to give Illinois quite the game. Illinois also dropped to Ohio State and Indiana since in that stretch, and they played against Minnesota in a 13-point win. So I think Michigan State very much has an opportunity. This one, the Big Ten is so close together that I think there is an opportunity for them to go in on the road and pull this one out, but it should be interesting to see how that one plays out. I definitely think that Michigan State is going to need to get aggressive, really work on honing in some skills. Illinois is the top team in the Big Ten in three-point field goal percentage. They are the second I believe, yes, the second in rebounding. This is a very highly skilled team, and I think that Michigan State can pull it off, but I think it's cleaning up some of those small issues they've been having on defense, 
making sure that they're not getting into too much foul trouble because that's what's really been hurting them. But I think it's a game that they could definitely pull off if they really put in the grit. Yeah, and I think one thing we kind of didn't bring up for the for the Rutgers game, but I still think we need to see is Kamari McDaniel still ha- kind of hasn't figured it out. Uh, she played better against Iowa, but really she had a similar game to Caitlin Clark. She went out and had 23 points, but was just 6 for 21 from the field, 2 for 7 from 3. Did a good job at the free throw line going 9 for 10. But then against Rutgers, had finished just 3 points, 1 for 6 shooting. She is the best player on the team. It was good to see a Michigan State. Everybody else stepped up on Sunday, but for them to really take that step up, it's going to be up to her for if this team wants to really put something together. The half-court shot was cool, though. That was cool, though. That was the, the, awesome. Shout out to the Big Ten Plus broadcast. Sorry, <laughs> but that was – I mean, not that ours was much better on Wednesday night. I think – Sorry no one expected it. No one you expected can't. it, but, like, I'm, uh, the, the fact that uh, – I'm going to say this. We are not professionals, so I, I don't want to give us more slack, but when BTN brings in a freelancer – and she just screams over our boss, Zach Serdenic, on who was doing play-by-play. And then he gets flamed on the internet because people think it's him that did that. I got a few texts asking if it was me. And I was not too appreciative appreciative of that. We're professionals here. We don't do that. You know, we kind of did, but still. Okay. But. Anyone's going to have a reaction right. to that. It's the level of reaction that you have. And that's all I'll, that's all I'll all say good, on that. But, Allie, I think you were trying to make a point before I got to it. Like what we're talking about again? Okay, we're talking about Kamari McDaniel. Okay, I earlier in this podcast I said that she was back. I completely looked over Rutgers. That's on me. So yeah, we will need a big game from her. She needs to get out of the slump. Twenty-one points against. She had twenty-three against twenty-three against Iowa, but they were all at the line, or not all, but lots of them were at the line. Um, and also I think that McDaniel. Oh my God, not McDaniel. Iceland Alexander and Ty Parks are really going to have to take care of Kendall Bostick. That's, like we've said, that's where they've been struggling a lot. So, yeah, yeah. I, think I mean, pretty much covered I it. I mean, the guard play for this team has been very good all year. I just think that mm-hmm. down low, if they can solidify that, they could be an even better team, which we've been saying all year. It's kind of getting exhausting at this point because you can only beat a drum so much. But, I mean, at this point, if we want to see them turn around and make the tournament, which as of right now, they are not in the field. They are not in the first four out or next four out for bracketology. So, they're really going to have to put together a push here down this final month-ish left in the season. When Let's see, the last game of the year is February 25th, so a month from tomorrow is the last game of the regular season before the Big Ten tournament, so they really have to start putting some together. So, all right, let's get into the weekly predictions. We only have the one game to predict. Um, so, I mean, either you're right or you're wrong. Last week, I believe most of us said 1-1. One and one. I said 2-0. and oh. I, I said 0 oh and 2. I so one one, Jay yeah. and I win. Let's go. I, what do you win? What do you what what prize do you guys want? Uh, I don't know. Free, a box free combo. Drink. A free, from somewhere. A free a free beverage. I will gladly get you a coke from somewhere, Jay. Yes, I, I would. Appreciate you can it. add whatever you want to it, but I'll just get you the coke, and I'm not paying for a box combo. No, thank you. <laughs> um, Marin, you get nothing because you lost, and so, so did you I. also. I lost. did lost too, so that's fair. But weekly predictions: Will Michigan State beat Illinois on Sunday? I'm gonna say no. I just think you know they they got a lot of really good scores, and like you said, Marin, one of the best teams in the country from the from, or one of the best teams in the conference from three. It's gonna be tough to pull out on the road, so I'm gonna say they lose that game. So, Marin or Alec, whichever one of you would like to go next. Um, I'm gonna be positive. I'm gonna switch it up from last week where I was very negative, and I'm gonna be positive, and I'm gonna say they come out. I think it'll be a close game. Hopefully, not another overtime because. We know how they do in overtime, but I think 
they can come out with it. Allie, what's your prediction? I'm going to say yes. They need a... Yes, win or lose. <laughs> yes to what? <laughs> yes, just yes. Okay. I think that they're, like Marin said, close game, but they're going to pull it out. Yeah. Incredible analysis. Thank you for that. Well, I'm, okay, they're going to keep riding the Rutgers wave. Not that that's a very good wave to be on, but they need to I keep going. Like Ride the wave. Yeah. It's just an Ride the wave. It is an interesting wave. wave. It's an interesting way. Ride that wave all the way to Piscataway. Wow. Roll wave, go Tulane. I don't know why I thought of that, but uh, anyways, uh, I'm gonna. I think, I think the Spartans get it done. They have the week off, got some time to relax, reload. Mari McDaniel can figure figure her stuff out. Abby Kimball can continue to play well. The centers can figure out how to play defense down low and then also score down low at the same time. Like you know, we can do two things at once, guys. We can get it done. Uh, this week, Illinois has to play. Purdue at home on Thursday, and then the quick turnaround of playing Sunday against Michigan State. So Michigan State will have the advantage of having a full week of rest over Illinois, so I think that plays into their advantage here. So I also will go out and say that Michigan State will get the win here. So if I'm recounting correctly, three wins, and then Jay is saying that the Spartans will lose to the Fighting Illini on Sunday afternoon. And with that being said, I think that's going to bring us to the end of this show, a little bit shorter show this week considering Michigan State only has one game to play. Uh, so thank you for following along and listening to us today. Uh, we will not be in Champaign, unfortunately, to c- cover that one. So uh, we should still have a recap out for that at some point, whether it's Sunday night or Monday morning. So stay tuned for that. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, you can find the Breslin Breakdown on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Impact, 89fm.org, sports, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week.